Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Check podcast. Uh, just a quick bit of housekeeping before we kick off. You know what I'm about to say. We need your support to keep the show on the road. I understand people are finding it very hard out there and it is very tough in here. Uh, if you have the price of a cup of coffee to throw us, why not head to patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. The link is in the podcast you're about to listen to and uh, try it for a month. See if you think it's value for money. There's tons of extras. You get access to our exclusive uh, member-only podcasts as well as our entire back catalogue in one consolidated feed. And it's all plea-free. You don't have to listen to me uh, rattle the bucket. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. But if you can, please click the link and have a look. That's all we're asking. Enjoy the podcast. There are thousands of renters facing eviction in the coming weeks. The eviction ban is due to be lifted at the end of March, but they've nowhere to go. There's very few um, homes available to rent. What is available is way beyond what most people can afford. We're going to see a tsunami of evictions into homelessness. Nothing has changed since the government brought in the eviction ban, so it just it has to be extended. Um, people we know and love are living in fear and anxiety that they are going to be given an eviction notice. And that they are going to be literally out in the streets, pushed into hidden homelessness. And these renters have done nothing wrong. They've paid their rent. These are their homes. It's in their communities where they work, where their children go to school. So really, this eviction ban has to be extended. And you can do something about this. Um, the government is coming under pressure from the landlord lobby, from investor funds to remove the ban. But we need to put a different pressure, a pressure from people power, a pressure from all of you um, and all of us, those and all, all of us who care to, ex- to put pressure on them to extend the ban. So there's a petition set up with Uplift. It's on myuplift.ie forward slash petitions forward slash keep the ban on evictions. If you can sign it, share it around, let people know. Um, we already have about two and a half thousand signatures be great if we got it up to 10,000 and we could send it on. So anything you could do on it, much appreciated. And let's get that, this um, eviction ban extended. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by three people who have come together to start and organize, not start, organize a conference on housing in Galway um, this coming March, which has two events. It's Fela Housing, Fela Tehirta, which I hope is uh, my pronunciation's all right there. It's been a while since I've been at Laird Gwilga, so I'm going to have to brush up on that. But anyway, um, I'm delighted to be joined by Bridget May Power, who is a musician and songwriter from Galway. Um, she's released four albums and tours regularly across Ireland, the UK, Europe and the US. Also joined by Catherine Reynolds, who's from Cara Finn in County Galway. I also think there's a Cara Finn in Clare. But I think they're different, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, and she works and plays in the creative arts and in arts marketing and management at Galway City. Um, and also Aoife Welby, who's a qualified visual artist based in the West of Ireland. Um, and as she says herself, Aoife seeks to inspire the viewer and listener to appreciate and reflect on the beauty of our world and believes in the transformative power of the imagination in creating a more equitable and fair society for all. I really like that last line. Listen, Catherine, Aoife, Bridget, it's great to have you on Reboot Republic. 
Thanks. Lovely to lovely to be here. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this um, because you guys got in touch with me around the conference and I'm speaking at a pre-conference event because unfortunately I wasn't around for the conference itself the weekend before um, and we can give the, the details out of it um, and you can check it out on Instagram um, and Twitter and all around the place as well, Fela Housing 2023. Um, and... Yeah, maybe Aoife, you could just sort of start us by saying, you know, what is the conference and where did it come from and what are you hoping to get from it? Yeah, of course. So um, it's actually a festival, but I suppose you can call it a conference Oh my as well. God, I start ruining it from the start. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> That's my so, conference head now, you see. You need to so we're trying head. to frame it, you know, in a bit more fun a fun way. So um, basically it's a festival called Fela Housing happening in Galway on the 11th and 12th of March. Um, And the seed of this idea really grew out of a conversation. Um, So myself and Bridget, we were just talking one day about, you know, the housing emergency. That's what I like to call it. Mm. And um, we were talking about, you know, um, organizing a protest. And I was saying, well, look, if we're going to have a protest, you need to make this enjoyable for people to attend. You know, this is Ireland. It's raining. It's wet. It's cold. And then we said, okay, let's get some music involved. And then I had actually been reading your book Gaffs and listening to Reboot Republic. And to be honest, that was the real impetus for just taking action that felt positive and trying to get people together. Because from listening to the different voices on your podcast and reading the book, you know, you realize you're not alone. Mm. You realize that Mm. the problem is that we're kind of all dispersed. We all have our, our, our own stories, you know, to do with housing and this was an opportunity to kind of pull people together and connect to the community because this is this is a national issue. This crosses every part of society, you know, whether it's um, from being homeless to a refugee coming into Ireland to trying to rent in Galway or trying to think about owning your own home one day. People are struggling, you know, in different ways. And we felt that why not have a festival where you can draw people together in a positive way and also educate people because, um, you know, we need to become literate on the housing crisis or emergency in order to empower ourselves to speak about it, to contact TDs, to to make that argument that, you know, we can do better as a country. So I guess the main aim of the festival is to inspire hope and to bring people together and by using the arts as well, because, you know, as we know, it is a huge vehicle for social change and mm. it's enjoyable. It's a way that we can celebrate uh, and empower ourselves to take action. Yeah, no, I love the, the, the celebration aspect and um, it's, you know, that idea of bringing culture and art in because it is something that I thought a lot about and around, you know, how will this change and how will we get, you know, people to take action and take action in different forms. And you see it, people engage with art and culture you know, in a way they won't with politics or with conferences. And so I think that's really, you know, really, really um, inspiring as well and, and really hopeful. Um, in terms of you, Bridget, what I suppose, in, you know, for you, the conference, what what is it about or what are you hoping that it does? And kind of where was it? I suppose, where was it coming from? What were you thinking? I might, you know, why would I do this? Where did that kind of motivation come from? Um, For me, I... I had a lot of frustration. I have done for years. I've I've always been that person who's banging on about the housing situation. Uh, 
before it was an emergency, you know, for years, um, years and years, it's been dry and um, helpless. And, you know, I'm not politically inclined. I don't have that kind of brain to sort of debate people. And, (laughs) you know, I don't have the energy for it. So I was like, well, how can I offer, you know, how can I, yeah, how can I be a part of of, it? What what do I have to offer with this? And I guess I have my personal story, but also music. So I I just wanted to, yeah, like be a part of an event where, um, you know, yeah, I was just happy to kind of be on board to play and um, just to, to bring people together. I liked that aspect because I think in Galway, a lot of people are really struggling, but um, we're very tolerant. Like we'd put up with it until the absolute worst, you know, and won't really say anything or, you know, and I think now it's the time to sort of just be just, you know, we have to do something. It's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And I'd be a bit say the same as Eva, like with protests, I, I think protests are great as well, but like she said, the weather is usually awful here. It's usually, (laughs) (laughs) it really does actually affect protests. You know, like people look out the window and go, Oh, will I stand out there, you know, eight hours. Um, So yeah, I thought this is also just such a great idea um, to bring people together who, to, to share the stories as well. Um, Cause everyone, most people I know are going through some sort of precarious housing situation. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Catherine, for you then, what brought you into it? Yeah, so I suppose I would have um, chatted even before Christmas. I mean, we know each other through doing creative things in Galway, uh, like music. We were part of the Galway Jam Circle and different things like that. I've known Eva for a good many years. I I was away for about seven or eight years, and I came back in May 2020, and I um I was at that point hoping too because I'm you know I'm 37 now I was like I'd like to be looking at buying myself a gaff in the next yeah. couple of years um, and then fairly handily realized that that wasn't um going to be an option for me anytime soon and I suppose I have a couple of other um I, I suppose family that would be in situations where they are also affected by it and then looking as Eva has said at the broader climate here like just what exactly is going on and, you know, direct provision and things like that that have been going on for so long. There's so many systems in place that are toxic that we are still putting up with. And it's just, mm. you know, and even Bridget's story, like there's so many stories like that that we're not really addressing and we need to start addressing them. So I was like, yeah, can't be in. Yeah, I'm in. And just on that, you know, being 37 and saying, you know, I want to buy a gaff, but it's not happening. How does that make you feel or what what's your thoughts on that and feelings around it? Like it's yeah. a bit shit. <laughs> you know, sorry to be blunt, but I mean yeah. I rent and I don't have an option to um live elsewhere, like as in what I'm paying rent-wise here compared to when I was in Spain. Like I was paying half the rent. And if I want to have a space I currently share with five other people, if I wanted a space where I was renting by myself, I'd need to move remotely you know I'd need to move somewhere where I wouldn't be around the people that are important to me and as a single person you know that's really important and I think Mm. it's you know there's a lot of people in that situation which is in a lot of situations but it's just it it, it doesn't feel good you know you want to actually be able to have that autonomy you want that freedom to have your own place 
Yeah, it's something that really came has come up a lot and increasingly. And we just spoke to um I spoke to Joanne and um Sinead in the last uh podcast around you know the, the one in terms of their experience and I was really struck by, you know, the, the box under the bed, the collecting the, you know, different, be it, you know, cutlery and basic things like, you know, what you might have in your home if you ever get it. And the idea as well of that, of being single and somehow, you know, every all the housing policy is about, you know, this, you know, the mythical couple and the 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 conversation around it. I was thinking of writing the book when, you know, I was thinking about this, talking to people that, you know, we're we've you know made all this progression as a society. You know that you know liberation, sexual liberation. You know greater gender equality, and you know trying to achieve these things. Yet here we are, back in the nineteen fifties, where if you don't have a partner, you can't get a house. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I got to absolutely. Know. Like honestly, I've I've talked to people, and they are buying houses with their partners, even though they're not sure because they don't feel that they can that it's achievable on your own. It's definitely like the government needs to plan for its population. Yeah. And, you know, I think there was a huge statistic. I can't remember how many people are single between 30 and 40. It was like something like 40%. It's like, you know, they're not building one and two bed apartments. Um, And most of those one and two bed apartments are just let out on Airbnb, which is totally unregulated. The holiday rental market in Galway anyway. It's, It's crazy. There's far more places to rent on Airbnb than there is on on Daft for yeah. people who actually are want to just live yeah. and work here, you know, not just come for the arts festival for a week. I mean, it's great to have the tourists, but all, Galway is getting, you know, cleared out of its artists and its musicians because they can't afford to live in their own towns and cities. Yeah, and, and that is something that, again, you know, was, I remember talking to Blind Boy about it and, and the, the artists and Emmett Kerwin as well, you know, talking about it, you know, that literally the the creatives, the so-called people we value most in this country, you know, can't afford to live here. And and obviously there's the positive moves bringing in the uh, basic income. But in terms of you can't afford your housing, as you say, where, where are people, the artists, where are we creating and nurturing the, the next generation of artists? Just the cost of renting and living is so uh, expensive compared to the wages. Um, and yeah. earnings, especially as an artist. So, yeah. <laughs> and do you want to yeah. ask Bridget in terms of your own kind of situation, your own story, because it is, you know, important we hear these stories and it's something that I know people, you know, when they hear someone else going through it, they kind of feel, okay, as as Aoife said earlier, I'm not alone. So I had my son in 2011 and I was a... um you know, I had him in my early 20s and we were in Galway. And back at that time, you used to be able to haggle down your rent. Like you could say, like, you know, they were so desperate to rent our places. Um, the You could say, oh, knock off 100 there, will you? And they'd be like, oh, OK. Yeah. Um, and then in the space of two years, by like 2013, like every year just kept changing. So the, I was on one parent family payment and working part time, but that those benefits started getting cut and going lower. And then the rent was going, was climbing. Um, and then back, back then, and I think people still do it, what you'd, there was a rental cap for how much you were allowed to rent somewhere for. 
And I think back then it was maybe five fifty for a one, like for a mother and a child. But what you would do was that you would get your landlord to pretend it was five fifty, and then you'd pay the rest of it out of pocket. Yeah. So, do you know? Um, yeah. I think that still goes on, but that was the norm. So, so then you'd be really, really. I, it was just such a a tight and hard, um, like financially, it was just really hard. So rent kept climbing up in the places and then I just couldn't afford them. So I just had to keep moving. Um, and eventually I think it was 2014, I moved down to Waterford to a family had an empty, um, holiday home there and I stayed Mm. there for two years and I was lucky to do that. Um, but yeah, basically uh, that, you know, that got taken over by Nama as well. So there was lots of drama, but, basically fast forward now I I'm moving into my 10th house with my son and he's 12 and um yeah I feel when I stop and think about it too much I feel really bad um but I like it helped me here on your last podcast to not internalize it because all along the way, I would have people saying to me things like, oh, you're such a nomad or um, you love moving. <laughs> that one used to really stand for me because I was like, I don't love moving. I, I think people didn't realize I had to move, you know, Yeah. Um, each time. Like, because, you know, a, a, along with that, there'd be places that were covered in, covered in mold and my son would be get, keeping getting sick. Um, and, you know, um yeah the the irony of like just these really badly insulated places that also then just have electric heaters so you'd be paying like fortune for um heating and um yeah it was just it's gotten better it gotten better once I met my husband because then you know we could share rent but um those first five six years of my son's life were just Oh yeah, I feel, I feel like even when I try and remember them, I start to kind of like my brain goes like fog because it's like I'm still kind of, you know, I'm still kind of getting over it, or you know, but it's I, I have no idea what effect it will have on have on have on him, but um, you know, I'm sure time will tell. But like he really is sort of like a housing crisis baby, um, and yeah. the thing is, is that I know I have many other friends, especially single moms they're in the same situation, you know, that just had to keep moving around to not ideal places as well, to be isolated out in the country where they didn't know anyone because that was the only cheap place. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's been my story so far. Um, but I, I, I also faced a lot of judgment and shame and yeah, it was really, it was really put on me that it was my fault. Like, um, and where who was putting judgment and shame on you? I felt like just um well the social uh welfare people and stuff like that and just even the schools, things like that. I just came up at a lot, you know, and um in playgrounds even other parents. There wasn't much um yeah, there was wasn't much empathy. It was very much like oh you know, it like it I I feel like we a lot of people are and I see it now, you know, people blaming, like like you say, like the avocado toast lifestyle. People rather blame the the young people than the policies that are in place or the lack of, you know, social housing and things like that. Um, 
Yeah. It, it was one yeah. of the things that, that really struck me and it was work when I was doing with, with Mary Murphy and Minute, um, with the homeless, uh, with homeless families, families who were homeless, who were mainly, of course, the, the highest proportion of families who are homeless is um, in terms of as a, you know, lone parents, it's one parent families. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they also have the highest deprivation rates. Um, and of course, being on a single income, when rents are going through the roof and, and what you refer to there is, you know, having to pay top ups over the the you know the benefits the housing benefit that's available pushes people further into poverty and i couldn't help but struggle one of the the things that struck it was we went to where the the families were and of course it was in a former magdalene laundry Mm. um which is where the emergency accommodation was and you couldn't help but you know be hit by you know how ireland has treated you know women who are poor who are you know um, who get pregnant as single women, mm-hmm. you know, our history continued and the state yeah. continues in a form of judgment, a form of, you know, um, forced exclusion. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that ties in with, um, you know, the, I feel that in Ireland we don't speak up and that is part of our history, you know, about, from from being under the the eye of the church and before that being colonized and our experiences with the famine, that it's rare that people will will speak up. You know, it's mm-hmm. as if we have this cloud over us that's kind of, Asher, that's okay, we'll just put up with this or we'll leave the country or I'll go away for a few years and when I come back things will be better. And it's yeah, I think it's time and I feel it. I feel mm. that I do feel hopeful because I feel that things have changed, you know, and think that that we're on the cusp of change. You know, there's a referendum around the corner for housing um, in our constitution as a human right. And we need to stand up and say, no, we can do better than this. You know, we can treat our, you know, people who are struggling, maybe a single parent or someone on a lower income. We have to, we have to get the balance right. And even be, like, this is affecting everybody across society, you know, from a single parent to somebody who's working 40 hours a week and cannot rent because maybe they're not in a relationship and people are being forced into into situations where they feel hopeless but I feel like this is the time to take a stand and to 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 say that we can do better than this and we you know I feel that with your story Bridget like that really it's quite shocking and you're you're around my age and to have experienced that in modern day Ireland like it's not good enough. And I think we have to start using our voices and just shake off the shackles of, of the colonization and and of the, the Catholic Church because you know we have to do better for our country and we have to start demanding it. Yeah. Yeah. And um and, and then when you're saying that, I realize that like I'm victim of that too, because I didn't really tell a lot of people because um I didn't want to burden them, you know. <laughs> and so I, I always presume everybody knows. That, that was the case but actually a lot of them didn't uh <laughs> and that's, know, so. yeah that's yeah. why I think you know that's the power of a conversation as well because when we shared you know when you start sharing stories about mm. your different experiences it kind of you realize no I'm not alone and also you realize no this is not okay you know when when you hear a human story and especially somebody maybe that you know it it just you know, it kind of lights a fire in you. Like, you know, um, the Peter McBerry Trust, I know sometimes he's asked, 
why why do you keep doing what you're doing and he said well I'm actually angry about it and like some like you know every emotion has a purpose as long as you channel it in a healthy way and I think we need to use this you know I think people are angry I'm angry about it and I think you know and I'm not an angry person I'm a very calm person but when it comes to this we need to be angry about it and we need to start coming together and using our voices and sharing not like like you say in your book Rory about you know just ending the silence and the stigma around it like that's that's key to 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 getting this referendum through because like with the other two referendums we had it was people's personal experiences that mm. made the difference because it touched people's hearts and minds like people don't realize some people don't realize what's going on they're just getting on with their own lives and they're comfortable but we mm. need to actually you have to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable as well because this is the reality for a huge amount of people in this country right now mm. Catherine, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, I suppose it. I what you're talking about is exactly right, Eva. It's like and the people that I would know, like in my own, um, in my own, like you know, personal circle. You know what I mean? Like, as in my sister and my mom. Like, it affects them, but I'm also watching it across, um, like everywhere. I was talking to my housemate only today, Juan. You know me, and he was just. <laughs> I mean, he's 58. He didn't mind me saying any of this, but he's 58 yeah. and he 58, 58. He's yeah. from Spain, but he um. so in our house, there's quite a wide range of ages in here. But um, <laughs> so one is 58 and he's from Madrid and he um he is looking for work in Galway and in Cork. But he doesn't have a car because he can't afford to have that here. He's been here for a long time, but um, he was looking for a job, got one in Cork. And he, as he said, he said, Tell your man on the podcast this. I might have to not take that job because I can't get rent down there. You know, um, I can't actually get a house down in Cork because the yeah. price of rent is absolutely mental. And then he was just showing me all of the difference. And he was just he was talking about Spain as well. He was saying like the rights compared to the rights that we have here are yeah. just crazy for students, for people. Like there's actually, you know, the power is not with the landlord. I have a mm-hmm. lovely landlord, but the power is not with the landlord. It's with the people. Um, and then say in my own um, family, my parents are going through um, a separation, will be uh, divorcing over the next little while, but they'll want to live peacefully and happily in two different homes. Yeah. The amount of money that they'll get from the house that they have, they can't get a house. You know, they're going to be going into the rental property. My mother is 66. Like, it's not OK. Um, yeah. I'll probably get a bit emotional if I keep talking about it, but yeah, yeah, no, of course. just, yeah, it's a crazy, it's situation. okay to get emotional. You know what I mean? We need to, and that's the mm. point of what Aoife said. And, and, yeah. you know, we need to channel those emotions because, and we need to feel them because that's part of the problem. As I point out, you know, point about emigration, for example, that, you know, it is just this acceptance of emigration. And, and I describe it like when I was talking to Joanna Sinead about, you know, that we don't accept the grief that comes with, with emigration. We don't admit to it. We don't mm. open up to it. And Absolutely, yeah. parents, and yeah. it's just accepted. And it's like, no, we shouldn't just accept it. That needs to be expressed. So yeah. therefore, you go, well, actually, that's wrong. It should be a choice. It's not that you have to yeah. go. You want to go, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. When you get to a certain age in life, like, you don't want to to have to, to start off new. You've made your friends. You've got your family here. 
Um, and it can be really daunting if you're a single person thinking of moving away. Like I tried to do that in 2019 and moved to Spain for a few months and I got really sick and had to come home and it really hit home with me. I was like, oh my God, you don't really have anybody there. You've got some friends you've made, but yeah. it takes years to make those deep social connections mm. that like it's a safety net and it's it's important in terms of your mental health as well that you have close friends and family around you, you know, and like I I spent Christmas thinking about, you know, will I quit my permanent job that I'm really happy in and move away because rent is affordable and I might be able to own my own property, you know, like that shouldn't be like we we're, we have a, a brain drain in this country. Like there was a, mm. a minister from somewhere in Canada came over to recruit all our doctors and nurses. Like, yeah. you know, that's like, why, why can't we have a society where a basic need like shelter isn't this far off, like radical idea, you know, like why, like with, 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 with functioning, with a functioning healthy society, people need shelter. And we should be upset and angry about this. And, you know, that's why we need things like at Fela Housing, because people need to get their voices heard and we need to start connecting and we need to start making a plan, you know, about what, where do we want to go as a country? Like, do we want everybody just to leave all of our young people and not so young people in their 30s, 40s, 50s having to leave when we should be putting roots down and we're contributing to society and, you know, also the heartbreak of leaving mm. families, leaving your friends. Like it takes years to build those connections. And, you know, it's it's all good and well to say, oh, sure, you know, spend a few years. Not when you're in your 30s and 40s. You don't want to do that anymore. You know, even when you're in your 20s, you know, I might have to, but I don't want to. And I suppose it is the fact that we have had solutions before and you've said it as well um Aoife had given me your book Rory and like I'd obviously listened to podcasts with you on it but like as in there some of the stuff that you were talking about we have solutions in place um or we have had my mother grew up in Merview which was corporate housing had they not had that opportunity they wouldn't have had a house so yeah these are the things that we need to start bringing back in we need to actually have these opportunities available to people who across all society like it's in it needs to be from you know those with means to those without means everybody needs to be able to have that option it's really it's really important yeah and we see what's happening when you don't supply that basic need um or that it's not even supplying it we're not saying give us houses for free it's like make the market fair so that people have an opportunity to to pay rent or or save a deposit to try and buy you know a house that's affordable because you know I was listening to um Michael D Higgins talking about his experience of you know how his family suffered and had to move similar to your story Bridget where his mother had to move I think it was multiple times possibly 10 times when they were in their childhood and how that the trauma of that on him mm. like that story really resonated with me because I thought that's connecting with your story Bridget mm. and do, do you get me and like like that, that, that was, we, as you said, Rory, in your book about, you know, in the 90s, we as a country, we started to make homes a commodity rather than places to live. Yeah. You know, like that's something that, that we really want to, to bring home at the festival is what does home mean to people? And, and, and that was the line that really stood out to me is we want to put the heart back into homes and take away from being, you know, an investment or, 
something that's detached from the human experience. Like homes are are places where you need you need a home to to rest, to recover, to to thrive, and for a society to flourish. Everybody needs a home, and it does affect affect people's well being and their mental health, and it is affecting society. And I can see it. I can see it from different people that I speak to, friends who are in shared accommodation. It's really hard when you're when you get to a certain age to share. And it strains relationships, friendships break down. You know, people need their own space. It's it's basic. Yeah, you know? it absolutely is. Yeah. And it's, you know, everything you've said there is, you know, it captures, I think, exactly what is going on for people. And you refer to, you know, the silent emigration and it's almost like a silent generation. And it's not just a generation, it's across, as you say, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, people into their fifties. And as Catherine says, sixties, you know, people who are for different reasons um, in a form of housing insecurity or in need of housing um, that the market as it is, and as it's operating just excludes so many people in so many ways and it is that it is because mm. it's been turned into a commodity it was turned into an investment asset and and it is the fundamental questioning of like what is the purpose of of housing you know what is the purpose of land what is the purpose of the way we you know our buildings the you know the hundreds of thousands that lie vacant and derelict and you know the land that sits there and and even today like i was you know, pointing out as I have been banging on about this six billion that they're putting into a reserve fund, and yeah. you for a rainy day, and you're going like, you know, and the it's need just... to build a house as opposed to an apartment. I mean, you know, it's like there are other options. You can, you know, they're talking about space. Like you can build a set of apartments for people. It's... Yeah, of course. And and why why doesn't like why don't the local authorities and not for profit housing bodies? Why are we not having them as the main provider? Why do we rely on developers and investor funds and yeah. you know th- those. That, that provide homes, as you say. Um, I just wanted to, Bridget, bring you in there in terms of artists and, and you know, because your influence and, you know, all of you are in different forms involved in, you know, in music and the arts and, and culture. I think that can be, you know, because Irish people are, you know, very culturally, artistically engaged in lots of different ways. And I think it is a way that we can connect with people. Do you see amongst the artists community, there's a growing kind of sense that we need to do something or we want to get involved around housing. Um, that, or maybe you not. Know, you, you know what, actually, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't personally see it as much. Like I know that everybody's talking about it. I know that everybody, mm. but I think that everybody's in the thick of it. Like, I think I know so many people that are like looking for a room to rent or, you know, they don't have anywhere. And I mean, see, I think artists are in a different field anyway, as in like, I mean, I've never, to to get a mortgage and things like that, you're on the bottom of the list of people who get that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's so many obstacles in the way to own a house if you're a self-employed musician. I mean, they just laugh at you. (laughs) Um, So we've always sort of been in the rental world the, the the creatives that I know um I don't hear them I, I I think I hear them expressing yeah but not not like I think everybody's kind of I think there's an also a, a depression about it you know um mm. and and lots of them moving away I know lots of people that move have moved away friends of friends and just general musicians gone because they they have to you know there's um 
there's nowhere to go. <laughs> um, and I nearly did as well myself. Like, well, I did move to London in 2019 because um, we were staying in a um, a rental house in Galway that was, um, it was sort of a holiday home um, and it was just freezing. And so we, we, we couldn't find anywhere else. So we actually moved. But then when the pandemic happened, we came back. Um, but the same problems are all have all risen up now again with with rentals. And so when I was then we were in this place in the country for the last two years. Um, but I just could not relax easy because I knew that the landlord would sell it eventually. I just had a feeling. And um, sure enough, we he told us he was going to sell it a few months ago. Um or about six months ago, and and he's a lovely landlord, but like I, I just could not re- relax because I knew I didn't have anywhere to go, and I was looking, and so I was considering Liverpool, places like that, and I think a lot of artists, I think loads actually have moved to cheaper places in England or Europe as well, Portugal, places like that. So what I'm trying to get to is that like when you separate all the artists as well and that community that's that's um bad as well like I feel like lots of artistic communities are separated from each other because of this as well so they can't all live in the same place um they have to move and um that affects being able to um meet and figure out solutions and things like that um, yeah, and I think that's why the Fela housing's actually giving us all this kind of positive lift because we mm. are connecting all the different disciplines that are around, like so poetry and um, music, art, like all these different disciplines and different artists who didn't necessarily know each other but are experiencing, you know, the housing crisis in different ways. I feel that events like this need to happen in order to to connect and empower the artists and the communities because yeah like you said Bridget people are kind of dispersed whether it's a different country or a different part of the county we need to kind of join together and I would encourage people artists and musicians who might be listening to this or not even just even if you happen to be good at organizing events or you know a good speaker to try and do something in your town or village it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be big if you connect with even two or three others, you start to feel a kind of momentum. Like I feel empowered by even just, you know, the, the group that's come together for Fela Housing. You know, not everybody is affected by the housing crisis as in as severely, like people have their own homes, but they they care, you know, and it's really, it's really encouraging because you realize, yeah, people do care and they do want to make a difference. But you're kind of bringing the artists who are dispersed together through these events. Yeah. And, more than the stories I suppose the um creativity it's it's a way to actually uh it's a vehicle for telling um what's going on like any it allows us to speak about what is a problem in a more palatable way so that it's that's kind of an important part but like Bridget's beautiful singing and like um and music making sorry all of the you know all of the parts of it and Aoife with the art that like there's expression through that but people can I suppose absorb and consume um, and uh, relate to the issue in a way that's a bit more accessible than it is if you just kind of sometimes like we want to be able to kind of tell these things like in one way but you know Mm. you need a vehicle to tell these things as well 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Sorry, Bridget, you want to? Oh, no, 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 you go on. I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I I think that's um, it's it to me. You know, I was asking that, and and I am, you know, a different artists like you know who are engaged in like the art of asbestos. The street artist is you know doing incredible. <laughs> Um, you know, things around it now, murals and, you know, even, uh, you know, there's dancers sending me, you know, the kind of things they have done where they're interpreting, you know, different forms of the housing crisis, how it's impacting. And, you know, Emmett Kerwin has done an incredible, um, he's been doing incredible things around, you know, engaging the housing within his his work. And there are, I, I see it and I feel it. I think there is um, an increasing kind of engagement and expression of it. There's Martin Leahy who's singing a song outside the doll every Thursday. He, I have no wow. idea what number of weeks he's done it. He could be now not far. I know he's well over 50 weeks. He's been going up every wow. single Thursday from Cork to play his song. Wow. Um, housing, you know, why everyone, everyone needs a home. And I feel that there is this sense of, um, you know, an expression of, the desire for things to be different. And I think the creative form is so important because I think about it a lot in terms of <laughs> being to try and communicate in a way that connects with people, you know, yeah. and ideas and um, that goes Yours beyond just like we've all been touched by the writing, you know, that's, and that, yeah. that's absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's an art form. You know, that's, that really like, to be honest, that really, it, it, like I recommend people to buy the book. I'm not trying to plug your book, but it really, I'll take like, it. I'll take it. it no, but it's important <laughs> to be yeah, take it, become literate on the subject because you hear snippets in the news and you read bits here and there. But when it's laid out in front of you, you know, in that that written form, it just it gives you this kind of energy and it empowers you. Like, and that's something that Michael D talked about. He said you need to become literate on the subject mm. of the housing emergency. You have mm. to like just just take the time and do it if we're going to make changes and with in in terms of artists being inspired and wanting to to make a change like Bridget you had too many people wanting to be involved like I know you had to turn away musicians and so did I I had people yeah you know like anyone I asked to get involved in this has been like yeah I'm there like people just need the chance the opportunity yeah it's true and I I actually like disagree with that I just said they're not <laughs> I just wasn't really thinking straight just <laughs> just sometimes it feels like they're not but yeah when you look at it as a whole I think there is a lot more um, yeah, there's a lot of a bridge it is when you're in yeah. that survival mode it's difficult to actually mm. be able yeah. to see things yeah, yeah. You know, what do you call it the leaves in the, from the trees it's hard to get you're thinking about something else you're thinking about you and your kid like it's you know it's absolutely yeah and I'm like sitting currently amidst loads of moving boxes uh, yeah. <laughs> and um and yeah, also just like, you know, I think when I when I think of that, I think of my immediate music world, but I, I don't think of like graffiti or whatever. And then, you know, it's it's yeah, it's interesting. Like um b- broadly speaking, I'd say there is um it, Yeah, it's out yeah. there. It's out there because even the artists that I asked to get involved, like they all happen to be like two of them were working on a kind of home themed projects already and had one of them had made a piece over Christmas yeah. you know and the other one is experienced her own housing difficulties so like it's there we just need to to make these events happen and it doesn't it's not that hard you know mm-hmm. you, all you need is a few people together and um, like I'd really encourage people to try and do this to, to try and, and organize their own fail housing like take the name you know we're not yeah. copywriting it 
take the name at like take Fela Housing, let's say Limerick, Fela Housing Cork, and just get the ball rolling. Ask a couple of artists, ask a few mus- musicians. They will say yes. People yeah. want to get involved in this and the speakers as yeah, well. I'm so I'll go on tour. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a community group in Galway, a community yeah. music circle. Yeah, yeah. Because the other, the other, you know, interesting things that have been happening, like, is the the focus on derelict and vacant buildings. And you know, Frank O'Connor and Jude Cherry have done incredible things down in Cork, where they start their walking tour, and they started that walking tour of dereliction. And then Reclaim Our Spaces in Dublin have been involved with that as well, doing one in Dublin. And again, it was a different approach to addressing the housing issue and bringing people together and i think that that's what's really powerful about this that it's not just a protest which we need protest but it's a way of engaging broader audiences and and people in this and and in a way as you say having the conversation because that conversation is so important the talking because i'm always surprised because when you're when you're in it all the time and highlighting it and working on it you assume everybody knows about it or is aware or engaged and then you go out and you meet people and they're like you know geez i had no clue that was going on and yeah and they don't have like, the facts. They don't and, and I say, what? Do you not watch the news or listen to, you know, read stuff? And they go, no. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think I, I, I've been looking on daft.ie for like, whew, like 10 years. And then you kind of get addicted to looking on daft and you just look, you know. And so you've been, see- I've been seeing the prices rise. Yeah. So I'm very aware of it. Like, but yeah, some people, you know, I meet that they, they don't even believe me. Like, um the yeah. prices you know they think i'm sort of exaggerating or something so yeah. yeah some people aren't you know if you don't have to look for these things you don't really know um yeah and that's yeah. the thing about sorry that the the one thing that we want to do with this festival as well is you, you get the different people in you know and yeah to try and, and educate them as well on what's happening like like you said rory not everybody knows you know they're mm. like we have to get the message out there but this is a way of bringing everyone together, not like the artists and musicians are contributing, but we want the general population to come in and, and take a look and, and to listen to the voices across society. Get in there and, you know, sing along. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, I, Catherine, um, Aoife and Bridget, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on um, and we could continue this conversation. I'd love to have you back after the event to chat about how it went. <laughs> And how you're rolling it out across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and Rory, can we just say we're looking forward to meeting you in Galway on the 5th of March for the pre-festival event in Charlie Burns at 6pm. So anyone, yeah. Galway listeners or anyone who's kind of, you don't have to be in Galway to come to this. It'll be worth the drive and um, we'll be there. And I think it's important that we try and come to these events and um to, to connect as well because you'll have like-minded people gathering there mm. so that's march 5th sunday it's a sunday 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 at six o'clock march 5th mm-hmm. in charlie burns that's in galway city and then mm-hmm. the festival itself is the 11th and 12th of march the following weekend in mm-hmm. oris nagale in yeah. galway city and um, starting at two o'clock on the saturday is that right that's right yeah yeah yes. and then it's it's on the sunday as well so people can check it out as i said it's on instagram um and uh fail housing and yeah so listen it's it's great it's inspiring and it's great to um yeah really fantastic to see this coming together and i'm really looking forward to uh seeing all the amazing things that are going to happen at it and out of it so thank you so much thanks for having us rory thank you yeah thank you rory thanks so much 
And that's, good to meet you. Yeah, you too, you too. And I'm looking forward to to meeting you down in uh, in Galway. So if anyone is around, um, yeah, please spread the word about it. It's it's really important, and I know there's a lot of things. Um, you know, people are involved as well in activism, and there's a really important march taking place on February the 18th in Dublin, one o'clock, um, about um, celebrating diversity, standing up for um, homes for all and saying very clearly refugees are welcome in Ireland mm-hmm. and against the the uh, hate that's being promoted at the moment, um, but also saying that we need to ensure everybody has access to health and housing um, and supports and we want to create a welcoming Ireland and that is the Ireland um, we want and we have a diverse Ireland and we will celebrate that. So that is uh, February the 18th at one o'clock in Parnell Square if you're around, organised by La Kayla. Um, and if you're in Galway, please come down and join us. And thank you so much to Catherine, Eva, and Bridget for joining me today on Reboot Republic. And thank you listeners. Please share it around if you can um, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, share it around, let people know you're listening and um, the more we spread this around the more people will have the conversation and we will get these changes i really do believe it Um, the change is coming let's be part of it and let's make sure it happens as quick as possible thank you all and we'll talk to you all very soon <laughs>